The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Outside right now, looking cloudy, a warm start already, 72 in Buffalo. All right, let's talk about this heat. Tony and Sweeney joining us from the National Weather Service. Tony, what are we in for today around Western New York? Yeah, good morning. Uh, We're actually going to start to see some of the heat uh, that's been baking the uh, southwest and southern parts of the country make its way to the northeast over the next couple of days. Um, We won't be nearly as hot and won't be breaking any records, but we will be experiencing some of the warmest temperatures that we've uh, had so far this summer season. Uh, Today and Thursday, reaching the mid to upper 80s. Uh, Looks like Friday, though, will be our hottest day this week with temperatures reaching near 90 degrees, and this combined with uh, higher humidity will make it feel like mid to upper 90s. So definitely over the next uh, few days, uh, if you have to work outside or spend a lot of time outside, uh, you just want to take it easy and uh, stay hydrated. Uh, Mid to upper 90s, uh, the feel like, and uh, near 90 in terms of temperature. Uh, Are these the hottest days of uh, summer that we should expect? And, I mean, this, what, happens every year uh, we get a stretch like this? Yeah, right now we're pretty much in the uh, the hottest uh, time of the year, uh, mid to end of July. But, uh, you know, I think uh, this uh, little warm patch that we're in right now will be short-lived. Uh, by the time we get to this weekend, uh, get into the more comfortable uh, upper 70s to lower 80s. But uh, certainly we'll probably see uh, our fair share of some uh, hotter days as we uh, work through the summer. Are there any heat advisories posted for us? Uh, there's no heat advisories right now, but uh, with the expected uh, temperatures on uh, Friday with that uh, high humidity, uh, we'll probably see some uh, advisories issued uh, in the next couple of days. So we've got the warmth. Uh, it's coming our way, lasting for a few days, and we'll uh, be dealing with the stretch with a little bit of help from you guys. Uh, thank you, Tony. Tony and Sweeney with the National Weather Service joining us live this morning. Get ready for a hot one across western New York. Uh, First look at what the new $400 million Marine Drive apartment complex will look like when the towers start to take shape in roughly three years. WBEN's Max Ferry was at the unveiling. After hearing from residents of Marine Drive Apartments and workshopping ideas for the future of the apartment complex, the Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority have released renderings and floor plans for the first phase of the new complex construction, keeping affordable housing to Buffalo's waterfront. What we really focused on was finding a way to build 300 units of um, new residential in the parking lot of the existing development. What that allows us to do is allows people to stay in their apartments until new housing is completed. And uh, what we've designed is a mix of high-rise and low-rise developments and potential with, with some new commercial space. It is really creating a new, more pedestrian-friendly uh, development that's oriented to the waterfront. Jeff Head, VP of Development at the Habitat Affordable Group, one of the developing groups in charge of the project. Housing Authority Director Gillian Brown is excited to showcase to the residents the mix of high-rise and low-rise spacious apartments. Phase 1 is comprised of two 12-story buildings and multiple three-story, four-bedroom dwellings, catering to larger families, as well as a space that can be used for commercial purposes. We have not had good success with large families living in apartment buildings, and this is a way to sort of give larger families their own access to the street level. I think the increase in commercial space is going to lend itself to to the whole community becoming more thriving. After the redevelopment, we'll have a, a number of 
of commercial opportunities and and gathering places for the community that I think will will be a big difference. Phase one of the $400 million project is estimated to start in late 2024. The developers estimate a two-year construction period. Find the renderings and more on our website. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. A uh, lot going on there. You can see some of those images. Again, WBEN.com. Decisions on whether to award funds to Bray Miller Market and other businesses in the city of Buffalo will have to wait a bit longer. WBEN's Brayton Wilson has the latest. Members of the Buffalo Common Council on Tuesday were set to approve an item on the agenda for the city to enter into an agreement with the National Development Council to administer a small business program with American Rescue Plan Act funds that would see $4.3 million in grants and $2 million in loans for small businesses across the city of Buffalo. However, Councilman Joe Golombek questioned why a request for application didn't come from a Buffalo-based organization like the Buffalo Urban League or the Beverly Gray Center instead of the NDC based out of New York City. My concern is that this is a very contentious issue and I want to make sure that we're doing everything completely legal, I's dotted, T's crossed, and this is a little bit problematic for me. I just, in doing some research, found out about this, or I would have brought this up much earlier. But I don't want to approve something that gets challenged in court, and we end up losing, and this money is kept in a longer limbo for our businesses in the city of Buffalo. After a deliberation that lasted nearly an hour, the council came to an agreement to push the vote and send the item to the Committee of the Whole, where the council will reconvene later this week in order to make a vote that hopes to benefit small businesses in the city. Council President Darius Bridgen just wants to get every dime eligible from ARP funding out to the streets for people and small businesses that are hurting. There are people who have been waiting for two years and I won't be pressed or pressured to move on something that even today we were just receiving information hours before the meeting. We'll work hard on this. Uh, my colleagues are committed to work hard on this to get these needed dollars to the streets, but it has to be the right way. Also pushed to the Committee of the Whole during Tuesday's Discussion of the potential funding requested by the Bray Miller Market of more than $562,000. There has been no announced date or time when the Common Council will reconvene for this special meeting. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. A 13-year-old arrested in connection with vandalism at Casanova Park over the weekend. Police say the teen charged with felony criminal mischief after allegedly harassing a female worker, breaking glass bottles, a mirror in the park's restroom, and more. The teen also allegedly tore a sink from the wall. All the trash cans were thrown into the road and plants were ripped from the ground. This individual, uh, unfortunately, uh, did this kind of damage uh, for reasons that we don't know. Uh, but hopefully there is going to be a lesson taught on this to other uh, individuals in the park. We have increased patrols in that park. There has been issues going on in the park. We will be out there. We have dedicated patrols and we will bring order to that park. Police Commissioner Joe Gramalia, the damage estimated at more than $5,000. Long Island investigators finishing their search at the home of a suspected serial killer. Authorities on New York's Long Island have wrapped up their search at the home of suspect Rex Heuerman. He's charged in the deaths of three women, their bodies found on Gilgo Beach in the past decade, and is suspected in a fourth. Suffolk County District Attorney Raymond Tierney. The amount of evidence, uh, which, which is quite a lot, uh, and now it's up to the job of the task force uh, to go through that evidence. Hewerman pled not guilty. Other state investigators where Hewerman owned property are now checking DNA evidence against their databases to see if there is a link to any unsolved murders. Michelle Franzen, ABC News, New York.
Bronny James, the 18-year-old son of NBA star LeBron James, out of intensive care in stable condition after suffering cardiac arrest. An incoming freshman, Bronny had been working out at his new school, USC, yesterday when he collapsed. Trainers quickly revived him. Dr. Sean Swearingen says it's too soon to determine whether he'll return to the court. Wherever there's organized sports being played, an AED should be present because at the end of the day, that is what, what saves lives. Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, offering his support to Bronny and the James family just over six months after he suffered cardiac arrest during a game against the Bengals. The exclusive WBN Summer Weather Forecast for the day today calls for an ample amount of sunshine from hilltop to lakeshore with the breeze out of the south and southwest. Some true summer sizzle is coming up. The high temperature today in the upper 80s. Clouds will be on the increase going into this evening. Look for showers and thunderstorms, likely with heavy rain and gusty winds. The low temperature down to about 70 degrees. Tomorrow brings scattered showers and thunderstorms in the morning. Some with downpours. It will be humid. The high in the mid-80s. With your exclusive WBN 7 Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. We now welcome on Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown, who's joining us. And, uh, Mayor, I'm sure you've seen uh, the report. Uh, you've seen, uh, obviously, the study done on the response to the storm. And this report that we were just talking to the author really points at a lack of coordination. Would you characterize that as, as being fair to what happened during the storm? Was there a lack of coordination? I disagree with that. There was constant communication between the city, the county, the state. Uh, sometimes there was communication minute by minute. As the author said, this was called a once-in-a-generation storm. It was called that because of the incredible severity of the storm. Since that time, uh, I have and uh, staff and city government, and I'm sure county and state government, uh, we've read all of these reports. We've made new investments, um, purchasing new equipment, uh, changing some procedures, adding procedures, uh, all to be prepared for the next storm that comes. And with global warming, and I know some people don't believe that that is real, but it is real, we know that we will probably be hit with other storms in the future. So we're doing everything now that we can do to be prepared. In this report, it says that the city was left out of a lot of these emails that were going back and forth leading up to the storm. Might it have not been reflected in emails? Were you staying in coordination a different way then? I don't think everything was or could be reflected in emails. There were numerous phone calls. Uh, there were standard calls. Uh, there were calls between staffs. Uh, there were a variety of different ways. Uh, there were text messages. There were a variety of different ways that we were communicating during the storm. So I think uh, identifying a lack of email communication uh, certainly does not tell the whole story. There was constant communication between all levels of government during the storm. Uh, the communication uh, was hour by hour. As I said, in some cases, it was minute by minute. And what we have to take away from, from all of this is that we must continue to work to be prepared. 
we know that other storms will be coming in the future. When it comes to Mother Nature, I don't know if it is possible for anyone uh, to be able to deal with uh, the severity and the harshness that Mother Nature can throw at us in different ways. But we will be doing everything humanly possible uh, to be prepared, to have our community prepared, and to try to help protect our residents from storms in the future. The communication that you're talking about between city and county officials, what about between you and Mark Polencars during the storm? Uh, Well, as I indicated, there was communication on an ongoing uh, basis between city, county, and state uh, officials. Uh, I had conversations directly with the county executive. I had conversations directly uh, with, with the governor. I felt that the communication loop, that the level of communication uh, that we all had was very good. I was comfortable with the level of communication. But even more than that, uh, the level of communication between our staffs, uh, people that were out on the field, uh, people that were requesting and providing equipment and assistance, uh, that communication was seamless, and I think that that was the most important communication that needed to take place during the storm. Has there been more discussion about having an emergency manager position in the city? Uh, Yeah, there has been uh, more discussion about that. Uh, There is a search process for that now. Again, as I've said before, Uh, The fire commissioner, uh, based on our city charter, uh, is identified as the emergency manager. I think that that process uh, has functioned well. Nevertheless, we do have a search for a emergency manager position. We have a search for a fleet manager position, and those searches to identify Uh, the most talented, the most experienced people to fill those positions in city government is ongoing as we speak. Mayor, the report pointed out that there were 10 National Guardsmen here. When did you know that? And should that have been conveyed to the community? Again, uh, we were given the impression, uh, the belief that the National Guard was coming. Um, I'm sure at one point, There were fewer guards members than others. I know there were points when there were significant National Guards members in the city. uh, And at certain points, there were over 800 pieces of snow fighting equipment, city, county, state, and private contractors working in the city of Buffalo, um, and many working in other parts of of the region. The level of equipment that was available was was significant. And if not for that level of equipment, any community that would have been in the eye of a storm like this would not have been able to handle it by themselves. 
so the mutual aid that Governor Hochul requested uh, from municipalities all across the state, and in fact, uh, we had mutual aid as far away as the state of New Jersey, was incredibly helpful in addressing this storm and reducing the loss of life. As bad as the loss of life was, uh, and certainly my heart continues to go out to families that lost, lost loved ones in the storm, it would have been a lot worse if not for the level of equipment, the level of support, and the level of coordination that did exist. Mayor, before we let you go, we've got to ask you about uh, Bray Miller. Uh, the vote yesterday tabled and for funding for other small businesses, too. Are you confident that this will go through? Yes, I feel good that it will go through. One council member raised the technical question, not about Bray Miller, but the uh, small business grant loan program. It is appropriate uh, for the council to make sure that all of these questions are addressed before they move forward. Uh, I'm uh, very comfortable uh, that the question was not about Bray Miller. Uh, the city has answered all of the council questions regarding the support for Bray Miller. Uh, the technical question that was raised has already been addressed. So I feel very good that when the council has a special meeting on these items that are before it, all of these items will be approved by the council. Well, Mayor, as always, thank you for the time this morning. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown joining us live. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.